Welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashy's new stories. My name is Erica, and I am your host. My name is Cassandra. I'm your other host. I'm back, speeches. She's back. Oh my, I can't believe Europe let you go. I I can't believe it either. You know, the people in Paris are burning trash just because I left. There's literally riots on my television in Paris because mm-hmm. you were no longer there. Yep, it's they keep trying to, to spin this uh, fake news about how it's a about their pensions and their retirement, but it's actually because first of all, they started putting bags of trash on the street while I was there to you know commemorate me and my marriage, mm-hmm. and then when I was like, okay, I gotta go to Lisbon now, they're like. Socle bleu, you're you're leaving to Lisbon, <laughs> and then they started just rioting. It's actually kind of crazy. So, but I'm happy to be back in the uh, USA, baby, where nothing is wrong ever. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo, baby. No, no riots here. Hey, I'll tell you what happened though. Uh, as of this recording, Trump he he got indicted, and the rumor is he's turning himself in tomorrow. On a oh Tamar oh interesting happy birthday to me happy birthday Cassandra yeah also if you're listening to this on the day it drops today's my birthday the day you were born you wow. were perfect I feel like ever since I turned thirty it's hard to remember how old I am specifically <laughs> I yeah I did fill out a survey today to try to get into like a focus group and it was like. What age range are you? I know the range. Yeah. But when it was like, put in your birthday and your year of how old are you? It took me a second. The math. I was like, okay. So then I know the ranges of my age. I don't know my exact age anymore. I also feel like when I was in my twenties, I also knew how much or how old all my friends were. But anytime (laughs) that someone crossed over into 30, who could say who could honestly i erica you could put a gun to my head i don't know 100 percent how old you are (laughs) i have a range could you give me a range yeah i could give you a range it would be you know you're somewhere between 33 and 37 yeah no that's an appropriate right yeah i think i fall somewhere in that that's what i checked off on the survey boxes anyway <laughs> yeah 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 and i'm now falling somewhere between uh you know 31 and 35 i'm somewhere in there somewhere. i don't i don't know which one i know i'm not 35 yet yeah and i know that i'm not 30 anymore the rest that's in god's hands that's in who's to say that's in god's hands that's true <laughs> It used to be such a big deal to like know when someone's birthday was like I knew all my friends birthdays. I knew all of their phone numbers by heart. I I knew most of my family's birthdays. I have a pretty big family, but I when Facebook came along, it's as if someone hit control alt delete and deleted all of those files. I know what most of people's like signs are like. I know you're a Sagittarius. Mm hmm. You know, and so I think that for to ask me to know someone's specific date beyond that, yeah, is like kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's a range. You have a twenty-eight to thirty-one day range of someone's birthday. If you I don't, sign. yeah, I don't expect you to know my birthday's on April third. I told you it was, <laughs> and so that's that. Mm-hmm. I'm an Aries. I do expect you to know that I'm an Aries. That's it. Of course, it's it's just a wild phenomenon. (laughs) Like we did come of age in that internet time and Facebook made it irrelevant to know things. And now no one goes on Facebook. So (laughs) So I will say this, that perhaps to play devil's advocate, perhaps it's not Facebook's fault. And perhaps that we just knew those things when we were younger because um, the stakes of our overall daily day, day day life was lower, you know? Because I always yeah. think that like when in high school, you know, everyone's first and last name, like, and you refer to them as such. I'm lucky if I know your fucking first name now, because the stakes are too high in other, in other aspects. Yeah. I, I have a credit score to worry about. I can't be bothered <laughs> with knowing <laughs> like 
I, I think I know five people's birthdays and one of them is not Taylor. I have to take a second to think, <laughs> wait, which one? I know what his birthday is close to and yeah. I know that he's a cancer. Okay. Yeah. I do the same with Winston because I, I get, it's like, it's on one day, but I always think it's the following day. Yeah. And so when I go to pick up medicine for him at the pharmacy, they're like name and birthday. And if we're in the car together, it's like a relationship test. <laughs> like totally. Uh, Winston, uh-huh. it's uh, July. Uh, uh, oh, shit. Why are you doing this to me, lady? Why are you fucking <laughs> doing this to me, CVS? <laughs> He's in is the Winston, car. <laughs> is Winston a cancer also? No. Or is he a Leo? Leo. Uh-huh. I can see that. No, Taylor's a cancer. And, uh, you know, but he's a July baby also. Yeah. Yeah, but later July. Yeah. Taylor's right. Well, no, earlier July. July. Early July. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got my... Who who can put all this in their head? Who can... <laughs> I, are you joking? Like, I I pay mortgage. I, you fuck off. You know? Yeah. I think, I think it's not... I think we just... The stakes are high, but we also just have more to worry about and and we've learned more at that time Mm. when we knew everyone's number or birthday all these things about them we didn't have as much like to store like our memory was like the 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 total was all there but we only experienced 13 years worth of stuff yeah like i i'm happy to learn your name first and last birthday and home phone number but like that was before I had to remember that I need to pay my taxes in the next two weeks or I'm going to oh, get shit. docked by the IRS, you know? <laughs> exactly. There's just too much else to worry about, specifically why you're trash. So why are you trash? Thank you. I It's been so long since someone asked me and with a loving tone because some people are just like, what's wrong with you on the street? And that's not how you want to experience it. You want to hear that love in your voice and say, why are you trash? You know, I think cell phone, we were talking about memory and things. I think cell phone changed a lot of the ways we operate with people as well. Uh, just being able to quickly look something up <laughs> or, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a phone book in your phone. Like you have the, you know, the phone book of, of numbers and people's things right there with you. But I came of age in the early days of cellulars. Like we had the leather bag phone that you plugged into the lighter in your car and if all of those things sounded very foreign to you you are much younger than i am wait i know plugging into the car a leather bag phone you had a car phone we had a car phone at one point what and how were you able to drive with gold shoes (laughs) my dad has been on the cutting edge of technology for a long time, but then I, it definitely stopped. You know, it like it was like, eh, this is where we're good. I'm gonna call my daughter every time I log into Hulu. Like that's where we stopped <laughs> with technology. Sure, yeah. What's your password again? Look three text up. <laughs> the last Honestly, I- with how bad my mom is with technology, I'm shocked we had a home computer. Like I <laughs> guess I never really thought about that. Like we had like we had Windows 95, and yet. Now, like, I'll be like, why do you have eight pages worth of apps when you only have 15 apps? And she goes, I don't know. The phone did it itself. My dad I just g- got rid of his AOL. They're <laughs> <laughs> <Within> the 2020s. <laughs> you know I mean? But what I'm saying, we were early adapters to a lot of things, but I rem- like cell phones evolved. You know, every, just like you get the iPhone 15 every other year now, or, you know, up, 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 technology's evolved. <laughs> we but there was a time when towers were new cell phone technology was somewhat new and it was becoming universally everyone had one that's where we were timeline wise but cell phone reception towers concept of wi-fi all those things hadn't really hit us as to like what those actually are and there was a time where to get better signal you would be holding your cell phone to your ear with one hand and then you were holding your, just imagine raising your left arm. Yeah. Straight up in the air. Now put that over your head towards the right side of your body. <laughs> holding the cell phone this way. Thinking that you are somehow making yourself a stronger tower to get 
cell phone reception. You're telling your cell phone, use me. <laughs> <laughs> the, all these, all these like brain, like waves that, uh, you know, they're like, oh, people are getting brain cancer from these cell phones. You were saying, <laughs> I can be your lightning rod. Just let, like, I only have seven minutes left. I need this call to go. I'm I'm five seven. Well, I'm I'm doctor legally. I'm probably five six and a three fourths. And then the lady goes, "Oh, you have shoes on." I'm gonna write down five and a half, like five six and a half. And I was like, oh. "You'll write down five seven, so I can be a goddamn rocket." <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, oh, I I gave myself like an extra like six to seven inches of reception by mm-hmm. holding my hand over my head with the cell phone extending my arm into the town and thinking that worked I walked around like that I'm sure if I was trying to get a hold you know tell my parents I was going to be late on curfew I had to make sure that call went through but yeah that's that's why I'm trash (laughs) those uh, early days of cell phones I had I had a cricket plan which cricket was new at the time I think cricket's still around but at the time, it was like $20 a month and your phone, unlimited text messages. I think, I want to say unlimited minutes, but that's probably not true. But it only worked like in the greater Denver area. So like if I even like looked at a mountain, my phone didn't work. <laughs> but, but it was dope. I learned how yeah. to like do T9 like without even looking at my phone. Like this. Good not good times. T nine is how we used to text back in the day. By the way, Wikipedia. Watch an old watch a TikTok from an old person that'll explain that to you. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you trash, my dear? Why are you trash? I have so many listed because I was just a big old piece of shit on my honeymoon. I had some problems in (laughs) (laughs) when I was gone. We were walking like 12,000 steps a day. I mean, people in Europe, like they walk and they walk and they walk and they walk. But I still came back uh, after and gained weight. And I was like, that's annoying. But how do I put this lightly? I don't think that I can like poop right without my squatty potty animore. Like like I have one. Fromage did not enhance your ability to... No, the from uh, no, I'm not gonna blame the cheese that I ate, even though I can't historically eat cheese in America because it's different in Europe, right? It's definitely not the fromage's fault. It's definitely because <laughs> I didn't have, you know, a five inch boost <laughs> under my feet. And your I, love, your new husband didn't lay his bodice down so you could have that elevation he offered to but the bathrooms in europe are so fucking small <laughs> there was no room i mean that's so sweet that he offered no <laughs> that's love <laughs> i i'm just like kind of worried about myself because yeah. like yeah like i can't i'm not i want to become one of those people who only goes to the bathroom at home but like i can't <laughs> I I can't go without my squatty potty to a point where I almost Amazoned myself like a <laughs> tiny step stool that I could quickly like that I could fold and keep in my suitcase. But I just knew that I wouldn't be able to explain that. And also addresses are hard in France. So I it's couldn't figure out hard. where I was. Yeah. They're like one <sighs> front street. And then there's like, well, aren't there 18 one front? It, it's very hard. They have, it's the street and then the number two. So it's like, <laughs> you're on like fr- fromage 71. Yeah. And you're like, is that a street? It's like, no, it's 71 fromage street. And I'm like, well, then and they're make all, it- they're on the metric system too. So I'm like, what is 71 in American units? Like it's, oh my God. I can't convert them. Man, the metric system beat our ass when we were in Porto because like we were so used to walking everywhere and we're like, oh, let's walk. We'll just walk to this place. It's only three meters away. Whatever the fuck that means. And everything in <laughs> everything in Porto is like on a hill. Lisbon and yeah. Porto are like on hills. So it would be like, oh, two minute walk directly uphill. Like we might as well have climbed the fucking Eiffel Tower. But like 
<laughs> Google Maps is like, sorry, we thought you knew what three meters was. <laughs> Oopsie. Google's just condescending to Americans, too. <laughs> Oopsie, sorry, you didn't know. Oh, okay. Oopsie. And the, you can't switch it. You can't switch it to... <laughs> We were in a, we were in a, like a Lyft or whatever, an Uber, whatever their bolts. I don't know. We were in one of those and the driver was telling us this wonderful tale. And as he was telling us again, yeah, then we went, we had to go 400 meters. And that was like the butt of the joke. And me and Taylor were like, <laughs> we didn't get the joke. Yeah. Really what does that mean? Is that far? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm well, trash because I can't poop without my squatty potty. That's all. <laughs> well, at least you had your love there with you. And let's get into our stories this week about somebody else that had love with him, but maybe not on the right side of it. Hey, it's time for Dodger baseball. You guys, we are baseball season has started and opening day at Dodger stadium was, was a, a memorable one. <laughs> so from foxla.com, a Dodgers proposal went wrong. A fan was tackled by security mid proposal. Have you seen this video? Uh, no, I'm actually going to watch it right now because I. Please watch it. Hold on one second. I mean, okay. <laughs> I found like a super cut where it's just all these different angles. <laughs> well, the Dodgers won over the Arizona Diamondbacks at least. <gasps> oh, shit. That's. Thank you for that live reaction. <laughs> oh my God. They didn't have to do that. No, <laughs> I could have just said, sir, get up. Okay. So look, the, the guy goes, he goes on the field to propose, which you're not supposed to do, No, but he's literally obviously proposing. He's down on one knee and someone just like full speed at him just tackles this man already on his knees like a like a tight end in is that a tackler position yeah. but like a tight like end just fucking takes him down that is so <laughs> funny oh my god like the dodgers <laughs> players were on the field and they were just like oh come on don't do that <laughs> i mean like he wasn't even disrupting the game i mean he was but I mean, like, a little but for little. love i do anything for love right look you know in this economy we, I get it. Like, there's too many, too much gun violence and things. Sure. They can't be fucking around with this. But at the same time, like, they, they hit him so hard, his hat fell off. His hat. Not his hat. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, his name is Ricardo Juarez. He was wearing a Mookie Betts jersey. He jumped over the outfield wall, sprinted to the middle of the field, and popped the question. And don't worry, even though he got blindsided by security <laughs> officer. His girlfriend, now fiance, said yes. Yay. <laughs> love prevails. Love okay. prevails. And love prevails. You know what I would love to do? What? In honor of my birthday, which April is April 3rd, I was thinking I'm not the only trashy person with the birthday April 3rd. I don't know what's in the water, but I do feel like there is a particular set of celebrities that share the same birthday as me and um we're uh we're quite the ragtag gang of people so what if we talked about some fellow april 30ans i oh, oh i'm i'm ready i'm rocked and ready yeah all right up first we're going to talk about vegas's own wayne newton Boom. So a little context, Wayne Newton, long-standing performer with, uh, you know, one of the first residencies in Las Vegas, aside from Elvis himself. But after Elvis's passing, there was a vacancy in the market. And so Wayne Newton stepped into the, into the ring. He was kind he, of a chub. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. He was kind of a chubby kid singer with some minor hits in the sixties. And so when he all of a sudden became like the hottest entertainer in Vegas, in the 80s, it was quite a surprise. What's more surprising is he is one of the first people who has a wax figure that looks more human than he does. <laughs> Sorry about it. Slam dunk on your ass, Wayne Newton. Uh, famous in Vegas Vacation, 
uh, with with Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase. Uh, she is seduced by Wayne Newton. Uh, it's quite quite charming. Um, but that's how I became aware of him. I was like, oh, Wayne Newton. That's a guy that I know from other people referencing that he's it's weird that he's this person in Vegas. Like I no context of like who he was as a kid, you know. He uh, I was looking at his song list. Mm-hmm. I feel like none of these are original songs to him. <laughs> I don't like, yeah. I feel like his biggest songs are just what he sings that other people wrote, which yeah. I think is hilarious. I love uh Donka Shay. Oh, oh is that him? That's him, yeah. Oh, okay. Was- For some reason I just assumed that that was a cover. Okay, so then he does have that. <laughs> Donka But uh he, it's estimated that he made 10 million a year in the 80s with no major hit records, no TVs, no movies. Year after year, he was making 10 million a year setting his little ass up in vegas you know what aries that's aries energy well that's aries energy yeah next up we have doris day yes we have next up we have doris day who is you know an icon a beauty an icon hilarious like she was really great in romantic comedies uh with rock hudson they were you know quite quite the pair in, in a lot of films but she didn't know her correct age until 2017. Oh, that feels fake. <laughs> you think so? So in in that feels like something an actress would say. If so, if an, <laughs> uh, someone went up to an actress and said, "How old are you?" and she said, "Oh, uh, 27," and they're like, "This this says that you're 45." What news to me? Show show me this. Show where me did this. you get? Where did you get this from? The oh. official records. Oh, oh. And, and, mm, that's that's weird. Um, I, I don't pay attention to birthdays anyways. <laughs> she, so in 2017, she thought she was turning 93, but the Associated Press obtained a copy of her actual birth certificate from Ohio's Office of Vital Statistics. And it turns out she was born two years earlier, making her actually five. <laughs> I mean, this is what we're literally talking about. Like Doris Day is like the first... She probably did know at one point that she was born in 1920, 20, or 1922, but then she got to her 30s and she was like, I don't know, just just put me down as 31 and let's move on. <laughs> let's move. It's a range. It's a range. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that is so old actress. Just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> There's a great joke on 30 Rock where uh, Jenna Maroney's character played by the amazing blank jane krakowski jane krakowski thank you she's like i'm this age and then jack donaghy um you know the (laughs) hilarious husband alec baldwin quizzes her about things she should know if she were actually that age and then he asks her one question she was like what's a what's a blank as in i'm too young to even know what that is and she passed it's it's a great it's i'm doing i'm butchering a joke it's great (laughs) it is a good joke i mean Alec Baldwin, who plays Jack Donaghy, also an April 3rd baby. Yes. And oh boy, before he was hilarious husband and before the Elena Hutchinson tragedy, there was a voicemail that changed everything for him. Left a voicemail for his then 11-year-old daughter that got leaked to TMZ. He was really drunk. He says, I don't give a damn. Or I once again, I've made an ass of myself trying to get to a phone. You have insulted me for the last time. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do. You've made me feel like shit and you need to straighten your ass out. I'll let you know how I really feel about what a thoughtless little pig you are. You are a rude little pig. Okay. And then he says other, other stuff. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> wasn't uh wasn't good he's he's yeah. had a funny career from yeah. being beloved to uh having a really bad personal life to being a murderer to i don't know just kind of like uh being but you know hey april 3rd it's a weird day we got eddie murphy too yes the hilarious comedian amazing actor and party all the time singer 
one of my favorite bangers. If you listen to that song on like one fourth speed, though, it, you know, the party all the time, it's like upbeat. But if you slow it down, it's like a bop. Really? Because it's like, my girl wants to party all the time, party all the time. Just like the The way like you slow down a record. It's great. Yeah. Okay. I never would have known that. It was one of my favorite YouTube videos back in the day. It was like a party fixture when people would be like, do you have an interesting YouTube video? This is one of the ones I would pop up. Oh, when you went to your YouTube parties? Well, you know, fucking parties would just be back in the early days. And it'd be like people hang out and somebody's like, I have a really funny video to show everyone. And then they put that on the TV. And then it was like Russian roulette if it came up to you. Like, do you have a good video? And then you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Somebody already played hamster treadmill. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, then you had to like have three to four in your Rolodex of if something cool came up and you could show someone a unique YouTube video. I would always show the separate ways video music video by journey. It's a fucking crazy music video. They're like playing instruments on the sides of the walls or depending on the kind of party, definitely like you could show the two girls, one cup. Yes. Yeah. Shake that bear. Another infamous one, different kind of party, but another great one was uh, Mary Kate and Ashley give me pizza, but again, slow down like four times gosh i never did the slow down one by the way eddie but, murphy 10 yeah. kids 10 I feel like that needs to be said doesn't drink 10 kids yep yeah but the reason why we're talking about eddie murphy aside from being a april 3rd birthday is that in italy he is a christmas fixture <laughs> so you know you have like those movies you watch yeah. well a movie he starred in in 1982 called Trading Spaces, a hilarious movie with Dan Aykroyd, is it's it's kind of a, a twist on the Prince and the Pauper style stories. He's a broke hustler. Aykroyd's a wealthy bank investor. Da da da. It's a John Landis film, but it is set at Christmas time, and so <laughs> in Italy, that is like pop on. You know, uh, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> That's so funny. Places. Pop on trading places. Yeah. It's screened That's... every year since 1997. I love to hear that. Yeah. I, you know, I love a renaissance. I love them. Italy. What a fun, insane place. But we were talking about cell phones earlier. Another uh-huh. famous day on April 3rd, as it in 1973, the first handheld mobile telephone call was made. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was from Motorola. An employee at Motorola called AT&T Bell Laboratories. <laughs> like, kind of a fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm calling your landline from my cell phone <laughs> to rivals <laughs> companies. Um, it looks like the Will- William Wallace, a Scottish knight who then was later portrayed by Mel Gibson in Braveheart. William Wallace, also an April 3rd baby. Yes. and Not Mel Gibson, though. Mel Gibson, not not an April 3rd baby. No, but here are some trashy facts about Mel Gibson, who, again, famously betrayed him in a film called Braveheart. You know, Mel Gibson, actor, rose to fame, was actually dropped by his talent agency, William Morris, after he went on many racist rants and anti-Semitic and made threats against his ex-girlfriend, Hard fall from grace, if there was a, was a grace, but, you know, uh, went on to make A Passion of the Christ, which, woof. <laughs> but uh, one of the roles he became most famous for early in his career was Mad Max in George Miller's, you know, Mad Max movies. But the way he got the role was he had been in a bar fight the night before and got his ass beat some, drove a friend to the audition for this new movie. George Miller saw him and was like, hey, obviously you're too effing ugly to play the lead because you're all beat up from this bar fight, but come back in a week and we're having auditions for like the freaks and the marauders, <laughs> the apocalypse <laughs> freaks. And so he came back in a week, but by that time he had healed and was, you know, presumably so handsome that George Miller had to cast him. I love that. Another famous April 3rd baby that was portrayed in modern television. Her name was Ann Lister. 
She is sometimes described as the first modern lesbian, as a successful woman entrepreneur and a landowner. She kept an extensive diary, partly in code, running to 4 million words, and it reveals her many sexual affairs with other women throughout her life. So this was in 1971, and the television show now- 1791. Oh, shit. Sorry. That's a big difference. This was in- this is in 1791 in England, and the TV show in reference is the show now canceled, Gen- now HBO, canceled show. HBO show Gentleman Jack, which yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know she was an April 3rd baby, and I watched the pilot of Gentleman Jack because I have uh, friends who are like, oh, it's really good. And I'm like, this is just a show about a woman who collects rent and <laughs> about <laughs> nothing <Lamborns>. else. <laughs> I'm. She just is all she does is collect rent. Um, <laughs> I I don't get it. Um, so I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't that impressed. But I mean, maybe I'll revisit it now. Now that you that, know she was the first lesbian, modern lesbian, you know. Yeah, I'll give um, some honorable mentions before we get to the trashiest person born on April 3rd. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, it's not me. But honorable mentions go to uh, Jenny Garth. Party on, Wayne. (laughs) Sure. To Paris Jackson, whoever the fuck that is. Michael Jackson's daughter? Oh, her? I don't know. I think she's famous to like young kids, though. And I'm not going to act like I'm young, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And to Amanda Bynes, who we wish the best for. Yes. But obviously the trashiest of all trashy April 3rd Babies is, of course, the infamous Marlon Brando. Brando! Brando! (laughs) That's how I assume he would yell his own name. He's brilliant and talented and absolutely a cuckoo banana of crazy person. (laughs) So, you know, he had an amazing career. Again, unpredictable, unhinged at times, uncooperative. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, we big about- Aries energy, big big Aries energy. <laughs> we spoke about him on the Oscars episode where he in- instead of accepting his best actor best actor Academy Award, he sent in Sashin Littlefeather. But um, we have a story talking about one of his one of my favorite performances by him of all time in the movie The Island of Doctor Moreau. And if you have not seen it. Run, run, don't stop this podcast and immediately go see one of Dr. Moreau. It's a movie starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. And actually, immediately after you watch The Island of Dr. Moreau, get up, go pee, sit back down and watch the documentary that was made about... The Island of Dr. Moreau and the making of it because it is <laughs> it's crazy and it's not just all Marlon Brando everybody Bloody. was crazy <laughs> it's called uh it's called Lost Soul the the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau so, so the plot of Dr. Moreau is that Val Kilmer <laughs> you don't go I can't even I'm not even gonna tell you the plot. Like you just fucking have to see it. But quick summary: essentially, <laughs> there are animals. I can't, I can't even. You fucking you tell. <laughs> just go watch it. The go point is, it. is that the the whole thing making the movie was a disaster. Yes, there was an actor, David Lewis, who arrived on set to be greeted by Brando and Brando's greeting was go home, David, this is not a good film to work on. It's cursed. (laughs) And he was playing a mad, crazy scientist and dressed appropriately with a muumuu dress, white makeup and lipstick and an ice bucket for a hat. He became obsessed with his co-star Nelson De La Rosa, who was the world's smallest man he made the replacement director give this co-star more lines. And there was also times when, because Val Kilmer was very famous. I mean, he is very famous, yeah. but he was very famous around this time. So there was kind of a bit of a pissing contest <laughs> where neither of them 
wanted to be the first person to leave their trailer. Yes. It so, would not come out until the other had left. They refused. Crazy delays. Like hours. They wouldn't because it, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer, neither of them wanted to be the first one out. So <laughs> Brando also had to be fed his line to an earpiece quite frequently, but those earpieces were also picking up police frequencies. And at one point he recited the line. There's been a robbery at the Woolworths. <laughs> That's so funny. There's a, another story about Marlon Brando versus Frank Sinatra. Uh, this was in 1955. Brando was shooting guys and dolls with Frank Sinatra, but their two methods kind of clashed. Brando was very famously a method actor, and Frank Sinatra was more of a, a one-take wonder. And... Yeah. So they refused. They didn't rehearse yeah. together. <laughs> uh, uh, into uh, the point where Sinatra was calling Brando mumbles. And Brando once said of Sinatra, hmm. Frank's the kind of guy when he dies, he's going to go to heaven and give God a bad time for making him bald. There's a there's a scene where Sinatra's character has to eat a cheesecake and Brando said Brando kept intentionally messing up the last line to force Sinatra to eat more and more cheesecake. And after the ninth take, Sinatra exploded and says, these fucking New York actors, how much cheesecake do you think I can eat? (laughs) Well, it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. Brando was not above a little toilet humor Uh, when working with Robert De Niro on the movie The Score. He continually hid a remote-controlled whoopee cushion on set. And he was introduced to the whoopee cushion by Johnny Depp, who claimed his idol yelled, I found God, when Depp showed him a remote-controlled whoopee cushion. (laughs) Jesus Christ, just like a monster party. Uh, (laughs) His big business idea at one point, Brando's, was like, phone company called dial a fart where you could pay a premium rate to listen to fart sounds by calling in (laughs) Uh, honestly not a bad idea should we start that hotline now i mean uh, maybe maybe (laughs) did you ever call the colin colin oats hotline oh yeah it was a great it's a great great thing you call it and they go what thanks for calling notes what hollow notes song would you like to hear press one for rich girl press two you know for man it's great. It was great yeah marlon brando had a bizarre friendship with michael jackson uh after being hired by the pop star to give him acting lessons the actor was in attendance at one of jackson's concerts on Cele- september 11th 2001 along with fellow guest of honor elizabeth taylor when the twin towers were struck jackson michael jackson insists that the stars flee to flee new york for california as they could potentially be considered terrorist targets unbelievably the only way they were able to do this was to take a car out of the city which they drove themselves without any PRs or publicists, managing to get as far as Ohio. Allegedly, Taylor and Jackson were annoyed at Brando's constant requests to stop at every KFC and fast food joint they passed along the way. This crazy road trip is now being made into a movie starring Brian Cox as Brando, Stalker Channing as Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, and uh, Joseph Fiennes as Michael Jackson. It is... That is such a fucking crazy story that these three of probably the most famous people on in the world, Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Marlon Brando, were like, we got to get out of here. They're going to come after us next. Like, we're next. Ring, ring, hurts. <laughs> I need a car <laughs> to go to California. Although you can't talk shit because didn't you, like, miss... I some sort of stock show because I thought you... my farm convention was going to be a target. So, I mean, yeah. 
we all thought we were so fucking everyone important. thought they were next you know Post- <laughs> 9 12 september 12th on we all thought we were gonna be the next fucking target <laughs> sorry let me make sure my zoom's picking up the right audio again <laughs> fucking christ yeti yeti okay cool sorry all right uh that is true yeah we the, the 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 grandiose uh nature of everyone thinking oh, it's fucking us next man it's us next it's so funny is this movie still being made i oh, no, it, it already came out what apparently oh well we it's, have to watch it it came out as a urban myths episode the show was urban myths and it came out in 2017 why yes! we... no i've seen images of i was Joseph gonna say, i remember seeing... playing michael jackson i didn't know what it was from I remember that too. And everyone was like, why would you choose him? He's white. Like it was a whole thing. Um, I can't breathe. We have to watch this now. Wow. 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 Well, moving on to our next Brando story. Um, you know, if I were in that car, I definitely would have mutinied at some point. Yeah. And while Brando was filming mutiny on the bounty, his bad behavior <laughs> descended into unexplored territory. His ego at operating on maximum levels, Brando frequently used the film's cast and crew for his own devices. At one point, he ordered the film's crew to down tools and pull their efforts into designing a friend's wedding in Tahiti. I love uh, it. At some point, he also filled several planes with champagne, hams, and baked goods to fly to Tahiti for the parties. <laughs> His overeating had also begun at that point, and he allegedly split his trousers 52 times during the course of filming, causing the film's costume department to accommodate his ever-expanding girth. Brando's showboating didn't hurt. He uh, It was nominated for seven Oscars, and uh, he did get recognized the Ill, Ill will that he generated and later wrote a letter to his co-star Trevor Howard to apologize for his behavior. Wow, he actually he fell so much in love with a Tahitian island that he went later went back and bought it. That's just crazy, you know. <laughs> I want island money. <laughs> I never want to be, you know, um, you know, a billionaire. I think they're evil, but if I could just buy some islands, that'd be nice. Like that's all just I want to be. Quick, uh, a quick little island, you know, a, a hand like a string of islands. So if I get tired of one island, I can vacation on my third my second island to get a break from my first island and then have my third island for guest yeah you can come over anytime to to third island that's all i want is land in the ocean yeah his uh overeating got so out of control that there's a story about how his wife would chain up their fridge and he would have friends throw bags of burgers over his house's fence when he was supposed to be dieting. And during filming of the Western, the Miss, the Missouri breaks in 1976, he had long given up his leading man physique, but he is said to have reached up into a pond, grabbed a frog took a bite out of it, and then threw it back in the water. I mean, I've been hungry. I don't know if I've been that hungry, though. I've never been so hungry that I've been able to catch a frog, like, first try. I've been catching frogs. I caught frogs as a kid, for sure. I've I've caught some my my share of frogs. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're called my ex-boyfriends. You know what I mean? Hello. Hello. I'm sorry, everyone. It's been a minute. Got him. Uh, got him. <laughs> oh, all right. But you know, uh, we've all been hungry, and you know, it makes me famish. Bone broth, a day of skiing. Yeah, I need some bone broth after a day of skiing. Are you Are you ready, Cass? I'm I'm ready. What a What a birthday gift this is. What a gift for you. I You're welcome. I helped coordinate this gift for you. Thank you. It's time for our dumpster fire of the week. First, we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we'll be right back. Oh, my God. You know, like, honestly, what kind of journalists would we be if we really just spent this whole episode talking about April 3rd babies when they're one of the biggest trials of our lifetime occurred last week? 
Absolutely. These these pieces come to us from theguardian.com and vulture.com. Joan of Arc. Lorena Bobbitt. The Salem Witch Trials Women. Gwyneth Paltrow. What do all of these women have in common? They are women who are persecuted and put on a trial for the crime of being glamorous, empowered icons whose vibe was just living life. So this past week, it was a eight-day trial. Many of us have watched closely as Gwyneth Paltrow stood trial for a ski collision incident that happened seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So this man, Terry Sanderson, who is a retired optometrist, sued the actor for liability in a collision that happened in a Utah mountain in 2016. And the trial was televised. So Paltrow countersued for $1 saying that this is bullshit and this is, you know, not going to stand. And uh, the trial was iconic. (laughs) There were so many moments of aloofness, out of touchness. The one thing I will give Gwyneth is that she didn't come in with some high powered, fancy New York, L.A. lawyer. She came in with she got a local representation, which I thought was really smart. Yeah, I mean, Gwyneth was under some heat because some there was a podcast that came out where she was, you know, they were asking about her wellness routine and she went over like what she eats in a day. And it was very essentially just like crunchy anorexia. I mean, (laughs) just full blown. And everyone was like, fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. And then this trial happened like a day or two later. The timing of it was crazy and it's just been so interesting at least from my side of the internet my algorithm to watch people absolutely just destroy and hate this woman to now everyone suddenly like this this trial and how ridiculous and foolish it has been has suddenly made her a gay icon i think that the podcast came out to take the heat away from the trial we did not know how well the trial coverage would go for paltrow So I think this was a preventative PR move of being like, everyone be mad and distracted about this uh, podcast I did about my, you know, very disordered anorexic eating and don't pay attention to this trial, not knowing how well the trial was going to go for her. I mean, the, (laughs) the, this Terry Sanderson had just the goofiest lawyer, you know, the, (laughs) this lawyer was asking the craziest shit. To try to like, I don't know, she was trying to like make Gwyneth feel not credible. But there was one point where she was in a line of questioning where she says, are you friends with Taylor Swift? And her lawyer's like, objection, relevance. And Gwyneth's like, no. And they're like, so you, you're you not friends with Taylor Swift. And Gwyneth's like, I've met her a couple times. And, the, and she's like, so you've never given Taylor Swift... Uh, a very personal gift. She's basically trying to get Gwyneth Paltrow to admit that on like some goop video that she gave Taylor Swift a vibrator for Christmas as if that has anything to do with anything. Well, but I like, think, yeah, I think she was trying to get that. But so Gwen was counter suing for $1, which is the move that Taylor Swift did. Oh, was that Bro- it? That's the correlation. Yeah. She was trying to be like, did you get this idea from Taylor Swift? Who, I'm not but saying like, who gives living shit? her jollies. <laughs> yeah, she, my favorite was when she asked Gwen how tall she was. And Gwen's like, I'm 5'10", but I think I'm shrinking. I'm, <laughs> and the I'm lawyer just, goes, I'm jealous. I'm I'm barely 5'5 five, five and four inch heels. <laughs> It was I mean, the stupidest. The very thing. nice shoes. It's the it's it's insane. Like there's so many great moments from it. But we wanted to pull out a highlight of some of the the goopiest, craziest moments from the trial itself and um <laughs> what was happening. So yeah. All right. So essentially <laughs> there were so many moments that um the Terry Sanderson's counselor, Kristen Vorman, said, What was your name again? Kristen? said Gwyneth Paltrow to her because she couldn't remember her name. Hilarious. And why should she, you know? At one point, Gwyneth asked (laughs) uh, the judge if her and her security team could bring in treats for the bailiffs because of what of a good job they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it. <laughs> I do think her dressing was incredible, as this uh, article from Vulture po- po- points out. She, at one point, was looking very um, goopy goth into, you know, kind of referencing the Crucible's Goody Proctor in a witchy frock and Prada boots. <laughs> Yeah, um, she wore she, a lot of neutral tones yeah. and just about everything that she was wearing was available on the goop website oh absolutely you think i didn't run not walk to the google for some of those outfits sure <laughs> at one point sanderson was saying that he was not able to enjoy wine tasting anymore <laughs> so that was one of the things but um she was asked what um the lawyer asked her what you know what did you lose in this moment like so Gwen was saying he hit her he was saying she hit him and Gwen just replied well I lost a half day of skiing <laughs> <laughs> again the, the Taylor are you friends with Taylor Swift moments amazing yes yeah <laughs> uh she was asked uh what her vision is and she has 2020 2020 vision and Terry Sanderson a retired optometrist is now partially blind and has cataracts and so that was brought out in the trial (laughs) and also they're saying that there's a lot of photos of her wearing glasses and it's like so style babes she was using these things as like proof that gwyneth paltrow was lying on the stand which is like yeah (laughs) so stupid one of my favorite things was there was a meetup group from 2016 that had an arrangement to meet on the slopes that day and both sets of lawyers were like we can't crack into this and they're like you mean the simple website that you just need a password to log into like they were like (laughs) we can't get the records out and people are like you just log in (laughs) like you just make an account and log in or just retrieve the password uh it was i was like that that got beyond both sets of lawyers trial but Guys, great news. Gwyneth prevailed. She she won her countersuit of $1. Yeah, they completely put this guy at fault. Everyone was, her lawyer, Gwyneth's lawyers had a good moment of, or I don't know actually whose lawyer it was, but basically they were, the guy was, Terry Sanders was trying to say that he didn't care about celebrity or didn't care about any of that stuff. But then they have a text message record from the day of the crash where he texted his children saying i'm famous basically trying to brag that he ran into gwyneth paltrow yeah and he was basically saying oh well i wasn't i didn't have my mind or my wits to me uh and uh, yeah fun fact a part of his testimony (laughs) terry sanderson is fucking QAnon. (laughs) (laughs) on the on you know under oath he was testifying And he said, you know, he's trying to explain how she should be held accountable. But during that, he brought up the molesting of young children on an island, which is a very cute claim. And the lawyer's like, stop, this isn't relevant. And I wanted to say, no, let him keep going. (laughs) I want to hear more of this guy's rant. (laughs) Full-blown cue. He said... Yeah, he said, uh, now we have the molesting of young children on an aisle, adding denial, talking about celebrity worship, etc. And then, and then the sweetest moments. So they ruled, you know, not, uh, you know, not responsible. She won her dollar counter suit and then she was dismissed while her lawyers were going to finish court and have a statement. And she walked by Terry Sanderson and she said, I wish you well. Just absolutely a slam dunk, brutal, like the nail in his coffin. You know, when they go low, we go high. I wish you well. I wish you well. <laughs> I'm going to say that like to, to everyone I hate now. <laughs> yeah. It's my new battle cry. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? That's uh, from, from Salt Lake City, like jealousy is a disease. And to that, I say, get well soon. Get Gwyneth on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty iconic trial. And um, look, I I can't lie. Like, I don't like that she was essentially promoting anorexia on that podcast, but I don't mind Gwyneth. I've already said it on this podcast. I've hoarded the goop things that I get for free 
and my you know my alliance is is that with the with the goops and i'm sorry okay but it's not like i'm coming on here pretending like i'm the greatest person so i just yeah. i like what i like and um for some reason i just why can't i quit you Gwyneth paltrow <laughs> well speaking so. of things you can't quit what are you hoarding this week Okay, let's. I'm hoarding Lisbon. Go to Lisbon. No, I'm hoarding a macchiato. Have you had one? Uh, are those the steamed milk? What or something? No, it's, I it's, don't know. What am I saying? Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. A macchiato. Macchiato. Hold on, I have to make sure I'm right. A macchiato is an espresso with a with just a little a dash of milk you know like a little Mm. puff of foam on top so i'm historically i don't drink caffeine i stopped drinking caffeine when i was a teenager i get anxiety attacks it is what it is but lately and it started in vegas uh when we went to vegas earlier this year and I was like, I want to party Vegas style. And I'm afraid that I'm too tired. And so Taylor, who does drink coffee, would get like a double espresso. And I would have like, you know, like a, a couple sips of it, you know, like as if I was like doing something naughty. I'd like two sips of coffee probably didn't do shit to me. So when we were in, <laughs> but I was like, this stuff's pretty good, you know, whatever. And so when we were in France. I ended up ordering here and there a little decaf macchiato and uh yum you know i mean everyone who drinks coffee is probably like no shit idiot coffee's good with milk <laughs> but uh, absolutely delish loved the macchiatos i love that i love that so much what are you hoarding i'm hoarding a couple things uh, i believe i might have talked about it on a previous episode that shall now be called a lost episode Right. Notice we did not put out an episode last week. One was recorded. The audio is just you know, somewhere in the ether. Hopefully, I find it somehow someday. <laughs> but I recorded a podcast with my partner Winston Carter in Cassandra's honeymoon absence, and that episode, who knows where it is? There have been some issues, but I think I hoarded on that show. That episode again, lost to the to the annals of time the tv series swarm on amazon prime and i'm gonna hoard it here again it is from donald clover aka childish gambino and janine neighbors and it shows a fanatic fan for a beyonce-esque character called nija in this world it's really just kind of like the dark side of standom and fans and it's a satirical horror psychological thriller cool really good y'all it's really good uh dominique fishback is a fucking star like so incredible great i i really 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 liked it so i would 100 recommend checking out paris jackson as we discussed earlier on the episode is plays a stripper in it but uh, it all ties together Anyway, I would recommend Swan on Amazon Prime. Yep. Yep. yep wrote yep. it down. Wrote it down. Great. 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 What are you throwing away? Um, I guess, uh, I guess I better stay on my toilet talk. Yes. Always. Hey, European toilets. What's up? <laughs> You're getting thrown out. Specifically mm-hmm. the European toilet. Because they... I don't know why European toilets are shaped different than American toilets. Why, or rather, fine, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Why do American toilets, why are these, why are these different shapes? Yeah. But European toilets, they have like very rounded moment. And a lot of them, you know, there's a toilet and then a, and then a toilet seat and then a lid. And the lid and the seat fit completely flush together no pun intended Mm -hmm. and so sometimes because in europe they don't really like worry they don't trouble themselves too much with gendered bathrooms out there like americans do for some reason and so men will leave the seat up 
and you'll walk into a, a restroom and you go, okay, well, I'm going to need that seat to come down so that I may use this toilet. But because the seat fits with the lid like flush, it's hard to get the seat out mm. without having to kind of like finger it out of there. <laughs> and so it's just a huge bummer yeah. because you have to kind of get, you have to use your your hands, which you don't want interacting with the toilet. No. To, you have to use your hands to get that toilet seat out and down. And then you realize that all of Europe also doesn't use paper towels. So it's like when you wash your hands, you have to use one of those blowers. And so it's just like overall, like uh, this feeling of not being clean. There's also some toilets <laughs> that I ran into in like Paris and one in Lisbon that like just omit a toilet seat altogether. Yes. Because I guess a European toilet, like you're not going to fall in like you might in an American <laughs> toilet. So they're just like, just sit, just go, go bare balls, like just sit on it. Because also Europe, no seat covers. No. So public bathrooms in Europe, no squatty potties, too small. And you and just like it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel clean you're sitting you're sitting just right right on the bowl yeah you know like a fucking animal <laughs> so i'm throwing out i'm throwing out european toilets you show me a good one and, and also and also they have most of them have the two button option where it's like the tiny button for peas i think and then the big button you know for bigger things that must go down but like a lot of the times the tiny button for P didn't work. So you'd always have to press the big button. And then it was like, well, why not just have one big button? If this tiny one doesn't, I don't know. Oh God. I have notes. That's all I'm saying. So I'm throwing yeah. out European toilets. Yeah. Europe, your food is not poison, but your toilets are garbage. <laughs> Come on. I'm having a hard enough time out there. You know, at least make it comfortable for me. It's crazy. Uh, you go out of town for that long and then you just start to miss the simple things like a, a good U.S. toilet. <laughs> a big old dumper. Yeah. A toilet that's got the, the support for your McDonald's consuming overweight body, you know, <laughs> and that's got the different layers so that you don't have to use your hands to touch it. I don't know. Whatever. I wasn't. I didn't like it. Where can the people find you? Mm. I got to throw some shit away. Oh, babe. What are you throwing away? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> throwing away Ralph Fiennes, who is Captain Fred from <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale playing Michael Jackson. Uh, no, but <laughs> uh, for real, I am throwing away fucking billionaires acting as if being called a billionaire which you did not earn you exploited other people's labor saying that being called a billionaire is like a slur or derogatory what I, oh oh yeah now the billionaires little feelings are hurt because they're being called billionaires and billionaire one. is a it's a it's a slur it's derogatory i don't like this label you obviously liked exploiting labor. <laughs> like, go fuck yourselves, billionaires. Anyway, who, I'm throwing that out. Who said that? Was that well, the Starbucks Musk CEO? Uh, oh my god! A lot of billionaires are starting to be like, I was, I was poor and I worked. No, you exploited other people's labor. No one earns a million. There's no hourly rate of labor you can do in exchange for a billion dollars. And just admit that. Also, That's fine. What the hell are you worried about? What are you getting your feelings hurt? Go, go, go cry go buy your feelings. in a jet. Like, what the hell go are you worried buy about? Buy an island to cry on, you bitches. No, I'm not even calling them bitches. No, I'm taking that back. Go buy an island to cry on. Billionaire. Baby, billionaire babies. Just get some fucking diapers. Anyway. Oh, all right. Sorry. Back. Wow. Back to, back to simping with the, the upper class. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> where can the people find you cassandra now that you're back in america 
at Cass Cardenas on uh, Instagram and on the Trashy Trashy podcast. I'm back, baby. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. Yeah. Where do they find you? At Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram, TikTok. Those are the big ones, y'all. I actually have a fan page on Facebook. Give me a like there. I don't know what it does, but you know, you got a like to throw around. It doesn't cost you any money. Just That's a little so thumbs up. Yeah, just go ahead and th- th- throw me a like on the Facebook as my page. Uh, but you can always find this podcast, which does not have a Facebook. But you can <laughs> find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Trashy Trashy Pod. You can also find our website always, TrashyTrashyPodcast.com. You can email us, TrashyTrashyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us in stories. Tell us why you're trash. You can also support this show by leaving a review on Spotify or iTunes, telling a friend, giving us a five-star review, and show people that you love this podcast by wearing a shirt. And you Prove can find it. those shirts at podcast.threadless.com. Also, there's a merch tab on our website, which is trashytrashypodcast.com. You can sign up and, and throw us a like around there. And maybe Cass and I'll do some bonus episodes. Maybe we'll cover that island or the the, the Ralph Fiennes playing Michael Jackson story. It's Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes. Ah, oh, I can't. Good call. There's so many of them. There's so many Fiennes. <laughs> They're so fine. But yeah. uh, we support you. Thank you for your patience while Cassandra was off gallivanting in her honeymoon and sticking with us. We love you. Thank as you always. for your patience. We recorded a bunch of fucking backlog episodes. You thank them for your patience that you in Winston couldn't put out a thing. Don't bring my honeymoon into this. All right, that's Are the bus I just me? threw Cassandra under. <laughs> Are you kidding me? A- absolutely she, not. She busted her ass like before her wedding to crank out these episodes. Blame it on me. Thank you for your patience with me. Also, <laughs> thank you for your patience. We do this for free. <laughs> Thank us. <laughs> Please leave us a nice review. We won't yell at you. We're sorry. Hey, Cass. <laughs> What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage, girl. I will. Bye-bye. Happy birthday to me. I don't know how old I 